welcome to our podcast. Here's Melissa, Laura, and Rob. cacao even after some accident while I was cooking <laughs> it was keeping overflowing but we made it <laughs> so now we have this cup we have this cup in front of our heart I always like to put my hands on the top and connect with the hands and with the breath and I ask the cacao to connect his her element with my element to open my heart to help me be more connected I want to express my gratitude also for this beautiful plant for all the people that work to make it and for my lovely partner for the podcast Lauren Rob. thank you Thank you. Aho. 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 Yeah, so while I was making this cacao, I was keep. <laughs> <laughs> it kept boiling over. It's blackened cacao. It's what? Blackened. Blackened. Yeah, it's a style of cooking. Oh. Like blackened catfish. Okay. So it was just... And that... And that's because <laughs> I have so much pain in my right shoulders and neck. I just woke up like that, and it just made me realize how it's something we always say to, like, all the people who come to the um, weekends, to the ceremonies, also to our clients, to each other, like how to listen to your body. And then we're the first. I'm the first forgetting to listen to my body. I was yeah. definitely tired yesterday. Instead of taking a nap, I push it, and I should have just taken a Rested. nap. Yeah. Our bodies tell us so much. In fact, I, I did a post this morning about it that, you know, it's so important to listen to our bodies and take that time to understand what it's trying to tell us. Often, the first, our first indication is our emotions, you know, when we're frustrated or angry or upset, you know. Those type of emotions are our first signal that something's not right, and we need to tune in and figure out what it is that we're missing. What are we? What are, what are we doing that is not in alignment with our true self? You know, and um, and then it, you know you go from emotions to then body pain, mm-hmm. right? And that's obviously a clear indication that obviously we need to slow down and honor our bodies, honor, like, what's going on. Change something. Yeah. Did you post that before you knew Melissa's neck was hurting? Yeah. You had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know. The topic was meant to be. Exactly. (laughs) So I totally agree that emotions are, like, a first signal. Mm -hmm. And then if we don't listen, then you have can have body pain and mm-hmm. so on and just continue uh, and in my case it was and that happens also sometimes it's the body first I was really tired because I really had a long day on Saturday and I woke up earlier than usual 6.30 for me <laughs> I'm more of a night owl so I stay up late and my brain works very well at night times more than other people I know it's first in the morning for me it's like night time I'm just like 
just sit in front of a computer and I can create everything. So, so I just like in that in this case. So I feel like it's a cycle. Can it can just start from any point? Can start from the emotion. Or in my case, it was definitely starting from the body that was actually just really tired. Yeah. And I didn't listen. And then I noticed yesterday how without listening, my body I was even more tired. And then that triggered all the negative thoughts. Right. And I was aware of that, but it, instead of just taking a rest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> exactly. And now you woke up this morning and your body's like, no, <laughs> you didn't listen to me. Now I'm going to make you listen to me. <laughs> exactly. You, your body is an alarm system. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your senses, and I'm going to dip back into last week's The Law of One. You know, Ra describes that in a six-density state that, actually in a fourth-density state that, Pain is just an indication that there is something that needs to be addressed, mm-hmm. and it doesn't linger because the pain identifies where the problem is and what it is, and then you have the capacity to do something about it. So listening to your body is one of the most essential things you could do, and I think in our society, we've stopped doing that just you know, as a whole culture. There's a pill for it. You know, oh, yeah, I'm not feeling well. I have a headache. Let me go ahead and take something for mm-hmm. it. Well, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to understand why you have a headache and stop doing whatever it is that creates that for you. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, that example is caffeine. Um, so I drink caffeine, and if I don't, I have a headache. And there's no remedy for it. I need to listen to my body. My body says, hey, you shouldn't be having that caffeine. Stop doing it. I don't. <laughs> well, you don't drink as much caffeine as you used to. You used to drink like a ton of caffeine. So you've definitely cut down, which is some level you're honoring mm. your, yeah. your body that way. I was totally unaware of the amount of caffeine that I was drinking. Um, we did a three-day fruit and vegetable raw diet cleanse, and I spent two of those days in a fetal position on the couch, shivering and going through detox. Started to look it up and you know, started to calculate in my mind how much caffeine I was drinking, and it was a cup of coffee when I got up, maybe another one on the way to work, and then a cup of coffee when I got to work. And at lunch, I would have iced tea and you know maybe a Mountain Dew or Coke. Coke, and and then you know someone would do a Starbucks run in the afternoon, and then I would go home and then have iced tea or Coke, something with caffeine with dinner. And I mean, the amount of caffeine I was ingesting was massive, and I didn't know it, and I didn't even drink energy drinks. So you know, once I stopped doing that. Uh, the interesting thing I realized was that I had more energy. It just does. It goes against all of our um, information that's been given to us. Like, oh, caffeine's going to give you energy. Red Bull gives you wings. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, the the energy you get from caffeine is your energy, but you're stealing it from the future, and it just robs you of that that future flow that you have coming later in the day. So when you get rid of that, you have a much more even keel and approach, and you feel wonderful all day long. Yeah, caffeine really stimulate, overstimulate your nervous systems. 
so that what creates then the crash. It's just overstimulating and then crash down. And then over time, it really harm your nervous system. And I would like just to pinpoint that there is an alkaloid in cacao that is the same family as caffeine, but it's not caffeine. So cacao gives you energy, but it does not overstimulate the nervous system. The energy you receive from the cacao is from mostly the fact that it's vasodilator, so opens your blood vessels, so you have more blood flows going around, like if you would do some, I don't know, activity from little run, you have so more blood all around that gives you the energy, and that's why it's also a heart protector, so just... uh, you can drink your cacao. I don't have any withdrawal symptoms. Indeed, I did. I used to drink coffee, and I did have that experience of these headaches, massive headaches, this withdrawal from caffeine. While um, nothing with cacao, I can. I did stop many times. It didn't have zero withdrawal anything. So that shows again that cacao is a healthy option. So, yeah, all that caffeine withdrawal you were having the other day, yeah, that was because of the caffeine and not the cacao. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. And a Thai tea fixed that headache. <laughs> I'm sure it did. <laughs> not an advisable solution. No. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell our kids that, too. <laughs> I think they know that, though. Yes, they do. <laughs> You know, and it's not just caffeine, like even sugar. Sugar has <clears throat> does the exact same things to our body. It's awful for our body. Um, and like for plant medicine uh, ceremonies, you're supposed to clean your diet, eat whole foods, but also eliminate oil, um, sugar, and caffeine from your diet. And I think, you know, there's a reason for that because you want your body as um, clean and ready and energetic ready for meeting Mother Ayahuasca. And, uh, you know, when you find, when you really break it down, like sugar is in so much of our foods. And I'm not talking about like sugar in like fruits or anything. Um, I'm talking about like the processed sugar. It, it is in so many like products, <laughs> right? Melissa <laughs> just banged herself. But it is you like bread, and uh, yeah, and things you wouldn't even expect sugar to be in. And so we did a, a the whole thirty diet a really long time ago, and part of that diet is eliminating sugar. So I got into the habit of looking at ingredients in the grocery store and seeing like what had processed sugar in it, and I was amazed, mm. like just everything has sugar in it and trying to find products that don't like if you're like trying to do like whole 30 for example it was really difficult we had to like really pare down and really get selective on what we were eating you know during that particular diet Um, but we felt great afterwards Mm -hmm. you know once you get over that sugar withdrawal because you will go through sugar withdrawal once you go you know get through that then your body just feels amazing and it's the the same thing with caffeine your body just feels so amazing when it can just do what it needs to do without the added stresses of these kind of chemicals that we put into our body how does a sugar withdrawal feel Mm. For 
I get some physical discomfort. Like I have like aches and pains, um, almost like a mild achiness, like the flu. Hmm. Um, yeah. I think I might even have run a little bit of a fever. Did you? I think when I was doing that detox, I was definitely running a fever. Yeah. Um, my body was just, you know, fighting all the stuff that was in there. Um, it felt terrible, but boy, oh boy, man, afterwards, I felt fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that, you know, if you've never done a sugar or, you know, caffeine, um, you know, we've gone through that withdrawal, the easiest thing to compare to is a hangover. I mean, mm-hmm. alcohol will, will do it to you real quick. Um, I found that when I drank alcohol and I woke up feeling miserable the next day, hmm. for some reason, I wanted to go running. And, like, I never wanted to. Like, that's the last thing I want to do is get up and go outside in Florida and run around the block with a hangover. Yeah, I didn't have that symptom. But, man, <laughs> almost every time I would just I would just be compelled to do it. And, man, it worked out all the stuff, just got some exercise, got the blood flowing and the processes moving. And, yeah, you know, feel fantastic afterwards. But a couple hours later, um, the dividends start to show. You know, like, as um, I grew in Italy and then I lived also in France, so we do have junk food, <laughs> but mm-hmm. not as much as the United States. And also, like, there is not so much of added sugar in all foods. When you go to the supermarket, like, bread is flour and water, period. So there is no... I remember one time I was checking for a regular bread in the States and I couldn't find it, as yeah. you said. Um, so, and don't get me wrong, like, like yesterday, I actually, had, because when I'm tired, I have cravings of junk food. Yeah. It's just like when I'm tired, I need to rest. I know it. Otherwise, it's just like I'm not fully master of myself because I did eat some M&M's anyway. Oh, you did! Ooh, I didn't see it. I thought she was talking about homemade banana bread no, with blueberries. I'm that, like, oh yeah, well, really, really tough junk food there. Yeah, that but, is wow, just. You eat my, yeah, that Look is. At you, you're normal, just like. That's why I have pain in my shoulder. <laughs> it's from the M and M's. M and M's. But what I want to say, like, so. Each time I eat, especially American junk food, I have hangover the following days. Oh, do you? So because my body is not used, so I don't have the withdrawal symptoms that you said. If I stop, when I do diet or whatever, I don't have any of those because I, 90% of the time I eat. You eat really well. Healthy. Um, Very healthy. Yeah. Even though like I would love to add more fruits and veggies, but... I eat quite healthy, so I don't have the withdrawal syndrome, but I definitely 100% have hangover. Mm. Really hangover when I eat any any junk, any American food. Mm-hmm. I really feel sick the whole day. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you can expand that into a lot of different things. Um, doing elimination diets and cleanses and Mm -hmm. raw food, whole food diets really helps you get a perspective on the stuff that you're cutting out that you put back in. Um, My whole life I ate dairy. Didn't really care for it. But I ate it anyways because it's you know it's in all kinds of stuff and that's just what was on the menu. And after those diets, you know, going back and having 
dairy. Didn't make me sick, but I didn't really feel all that great. I felt slow and sluggish and weighed down, and my mental capacity was drained. So, you know, not just, you know, caffeine and other things that are drugs, but just anything you put in your body, you're going to get feedback. You just mm-hmm. have to pay attention to it. And yeah. sometimes you have to eliminate all the other noise of all the other crap that's put in your body in order to really feel what something, you know, how it's impacting you, your physiology, your mental state. Um, so I highly recommend a, a cleanse diet. And do what I say, not what I do again. Because I'm due for one. <laughs> I was going to say, so when are we starting this? <laughs> no, we, we've had to do several diets, or we went, we have done several diets, but me in particular, I had to do like an elimination diet um, because I started having food allergies. And I wanted to sort of pinpoint where these food allergies were coming from because my whole life I've never had allergies to food. So I didn't understand. And that's, again, you have to um, pay attention to your body. You know, for me, I was starting to get rashes and um, I started to feel like itchiness. And uh, I was like, this is new. This is something new. So what am I doing? What am I, you know, where did I, what do I need to change? So the elimination diet is, is really strict. And if you go to any allergist the, you know, and they put you on an elimination diet, you're probably going to hate it. But it is very effective at identifying different foods that you could potentially be um, allergic to or have a sensitivity to. So it's, uh, it's good to try those things out, uh, especially if you struggle with um, fatigue or uh, some skin ailments or anything like that. If the food that we put, anything you put in your body or on your body, that's like the, your first step uh, in terms of trying to figure out what do I need to change. And it's, yeah, it's illuminating. Yeah, like one of the first, let's say, symptoms or signal that you should uh, pay attention is after you eat, are you tired or are you energetic? Mm -hmm. So if you're tired, it's not normal like we think it is Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, if you put fuel in your car, is your car like running worse or better? (laughs) Oh, totally. Like when we eat really whole food, plant-based um, ingredients, we feel, uh, I mean, I know I can speak for Rob and I, we, mm-hmm. we feel, our bodies feel so much better. We, we're not, we just, we really truly feel great. But when we start eating crappy food, which we're prone to do, um, it definitely, I can feel it in my body and it's okay, you know, Am I going to put up with it and still eat the foods? Probably, but I at least know. I know, and I know what I need to stay away from completely. So I, there's like a, a, a nice balance, I would say. You know, it's, I was just thinking about that actually today as I was driving. I was like, well, you know, I would, I, I'd like to do a fast, and. Um, because every now and again, we, Rob and I will do like uh, an extended fast. 
And we do intermittent fasting often, but today. Um, yeah, like today would be an inter intermittent fasting day for us. But um, in my mind, I was thinking today, I think I want to extend that and really push myself beyond, you know, like a 24-hour time frame and do more, something more to the tune of like a three or five-day fast. Mm -hmm. Surprise. <laughs> You can do it with me or not. It's okay. Maybe or not. <laughs> but it really is because my body has been feeling really sluggish. And I was tuning into that this morning, and I thought, you know, I think I just need to, like, do a reset, truly. And that, that, that could be, yeah, I just, we just clean up our diet and we get really, really, really strict about it, which I think we'll probably end up doing anyway. But um, for me, fasts are a great way to just completely reset your, your body back to, like, ground zero. You know, I think it's the fast is great in allowing your body the opportunity to heal and repair without trying to process a bunch of stuff you put in your system is, is crucial. But I think one of the most important parts is when you're coming back off of a fast and how you eat and what you put into your body mm -hmm. and paying attention to the way that it makes you feel. And I'll give you an example. You know, say you eat a slice of pizza and you don't feel good. Well, is it gluten? Is it dairy? You know, was there meat on there that, you know, was not making you feel good? Is it the sauce? Did it, I mean, there's too many ingredients really just to rule out, well, you know, I can't eat pizza anymore. You know, maybe it's not the pizza. Um, maybe it's an ingredient in the pizza. So when you go back, you know, have something simple. You know, if it's you choose dairy, have some cheese and just sit with it and see how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are all good advice, and I'd like to also reconnect to what we said at the beginning, like when Laura was saying, like, when you have some emotion, there's a signal, pay attention to what's become physical, and, and I was saying that that's true, and it's also true sometimes from the physical that can become emotional and so on, mm -hmm. and so, and, and sometimes, as also what Rob was saying, in our society, we just cover the symptoms or the signal without going what is the root, so... And it's good not to cover the signal, to listen to that signal, knowing something is going wrong. And then even remembering, even if we cannot really find what was the root, if it was starting by something emotional or energetical or if it's starting from physical, but knowing that they're all connected. And so maybe it was emotional, but it would be much easier to start acting in the physical and so start eating more fruits and the, and the body will feel more vibrant and then the emotion will feel more, more vibrant. So also knowing that maybe the root is more complex and it's harder to act. We can always act from something simple and more manageable, more accessible, and that will have an impact to the whole system. Yeah, and that's really, really good and important point in, in that you know, we were talking about putting things in your body and eating foods and ingesting stuff. That's just one little part of the equation. Um, you know, your mental state, your energetic state, your physical surroundings. You know, if you work in an environment um, where you're just on the go and it's a high pressure and you're not getting lots of sleep, that can have devastating effect on you. Or if you're working around toxic people with terrible attitudes who, who bring 
a lot of negativity and trauma. You know, those things too um, can really impact your physical well-being and your body's gonna scream out and say, hey, you know, I'm uncomfortable. Pay attention to what's going on. And so it can be kind of like, you know, a little bit of a, a mystery. If you're doing all of these things, you know, you just start eliminating one here, one there. And after a while, and it can take years, you're in a totally different place and you have a different relationship with your body. And you start to understand that your body is a feedback mechanism that is giving you information that you need in order to, you know, prosper, you know, in the future. Yeah, and the the concept of mind, body, spirit, right? So it's all connected. So when we can focus on our, our bodies is sort of like this main vessel that holds our mind and our spirit. But when the body is not functioning well, well, that impacts your mind, it impacts your spirit. So when your body is feeling really great, then you find that connection with my, your mind and your spirit also lifts and you tend to do really well. So um, it's a good place to start is in your body and really paying attention to your body, paying attention to any pains that you have, any cravings that you're having, any, um, you know, like emotional um, feelings that you're having that your body might be signaling to you. So all those things are, it's all connected. And when we're talking about overall health and wellness, you know, it's a good place to start. Yeah. And all these things can feed into each other. You're feeling bad, you eat crappy food, or mm -hmm. you go drinking, or you know, you do these things, and they wind up having this multiplier effect on you that you know whatever you're trying to avoid winds up even worse because of some of your coping strategies. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of a question of not be aware to listen mm -hmm. to what's happening and trying to avoid and have a coping mechanism that at the end of the day just make it worse. Mm -hmm. It just may work for that half a second mm -hmm. that you oh, don't yeah, want to listen. Pizza tastes good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, the easy thing to understand is everyone's been in a bad relationship. You know, in a bad relationship, when it gets bad, you're not at peace, you know, and physically, you wind up suffering from it for one reason or another. Um, so just go look back in your lives on some of these situations or, you know, issues that have happened. And, you know, you could do a little bit of forensic analysis and kind of map backwards some of the things that have happened and for how you might face those challenges in the future in, in a bit of a different and more healthy way. Mm -hmm. And then, it's, again, it's a question of become, becoming more and more aware or conscious. And it just, just made me think of Sadhguru when he talks about coffee. And he said, like, explain it's, uh, how, why it's not good for you. But then he said, I, for me, it's not a problem if you drink or don't drink coffee. But I see it as a problem if your life, your day is ruined if you don't drink coffee coffee so mm -hmm. your life cannot the, the quality of your day cannot be related to drink coffee or not mm -hmm. if you drink your coffee consciously and you decide today it's i want to drink it and enjoying doing it that's your conscious decision uh, like 
why like if I don't want to live 90 years old, 70 is fine, but I love my coffee. <laughs> okay, that's a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But if you are unconscious and you become a slave or something external, that is what your problem is. So be conscious of what's happening in you, outside you, like around you. A, a lot of people um, are impacted by that who smoke cigarettes. So cigarettes are something that you unconsciously do. And I smoked cigarettes at one point. And I tell you, I heard it somewhere. I can't, I'd love to give credit to whoever suggestion this was. But the suggestion was go fully into it. And whatever you're doing, do it with intention and a lot of awareness. Mm -hmm. So I smoked a cigarette. And I really focused on that cigarette and what it was and what I was doing and how it was impacting my body. Oh, man, it was terrible. That was the worst cigarette I ever had. I really didn't want to smoke cigarettes after that. I did because I'd go out drinking with my friends and do it. But, you know, that conscious attention to that particular act just shed so much light on what it was doing to me that... I was unaware of because I unconsciously just would grab a cigarette and pull it out and smoke it and yay, be on with my whatever was next. Mm-hmm. So if you're smoking, stop. Or if you can't stop, really do it. Get into that cigarette. Smoke it with all the intention in the world. <laughs> <laughs> see all these people like going oh Rob said to do it with intention okay I'm gonna be like smoking with intention <laughs> yeah you won't do it very long man because it's uncomfortable yeah well it's just I mean I, I feel the same way because I used to smoke too like I, you know not as much as you did but um, I did get into that that bad habit of doing it and it was it became very unconscious um, very much of a social thing too hmm. for me um so yeah, it, and really, what it, what that stent, what it brings out in us, I guess it's just because of our human nature, is that we'll gravitate towards things that give us pleasure, even if it's short lived, you know, even if it, and we don't really aren't we we're not very conscious of it. So when I was smoking, I was not conscious, but I knew that I got I got some level of pleasure, not from the act of smoking, but really the social aspect of it, being around other people, standing on you know outside in the smoking section and having some good conversation and. That's what I really enjoyed was that connection and what I was really seeking. And when I realized later on now, you know, later on down the line, um, many years later, that that's really what I was searching for. And just that was just my tool at the time. But it wasn't really technically providing it for me. It just was like this, you know, avenue, if you will, for me to receive this pleasure. But what it was doing was really honestly hurting my body uh, at the end of the day. And it was one of the best things to do is stop smoking. But uh, I never was aware of, like, I never intentionally smoked. I never did that. Like, uh, I didn't sit with it and was like, oh, I'm going to, like, really feel into the cigarette and the smoke and the taste and the smell. Because I absolutely hated the smell Mm -hmm. and the taste, for that matter. So it was like, why did I continue to do that? But looking back on it, you know, now I know it was really just, you know, me seeking connection, which is 
you know, actually what most people do or are searching for in like a lot of other external things as opposed to going within. Mm-hmm. And also related to nicotine, I would like to bring mm-hmm. up very quickly the topic that oh. <laughs> there are some plant medicine that can be very addictive, mm-hmm. like rope, ambil, everything that has nicotine. Um, and again, and I think what happens is when there's a small social aspect or then when the awareness moves a little bit away from doing it mm-hmm. and people just start doing like rapé, especially uh, even Ambila, both of them, they're pretty, they can be pretty addictive yeah. and just start doing it without that intention because if you keep that intention, you will not abuse it. But when you start doing like on the side of the road or just very quickly, so forgetting the the secretness of the plan, that's when there's the nicotine that you need that makes make you become addicted or sometimes not even the nicotine I think it's just like the act of doing as mm-hmm. you were saying like can become social can become just like um, oh I'm bored what can I do mm-hmm. uh, this yeah. I thought smoking was fun I liked doing it I mean like how it tasted and the way it smelled and all that stuff but I actually enjoyed the act of doing it in fact, when I quit, I had to figure out something else to do because, you know, at least once every 30 minutes or an hour, I'd smoke a cigarette. I needed something to replace the desire to do something like that. I, I picked up drinking water. So <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Really, I mean, if you're going to pick up anything, that's, that's one to pick up right there. You know, like back to um, what Melissa was saying with the, like for the plant medicines that, that can be very addictive, like the rapé or uh, amble. And I, I've been in that situation, so I know. I mean, when I was um, training to be a practitioner, a rapé practitioner, um, I did a lot of rapé and several times a day. I mean, and it, it just became... It was good because I developed a good relationship with it, but at the same time, that that nicotine was very addictive, and I started finding myself almost needing it in order to feel a certain way, and that's when I I really knew, okay, I need to cut back, and I need to like just only use it when I'm called to use it, which is how I I now function with Rape. I'm still I'm now with Amble. Again, the same thing. We're very, we very much use Amble almost every day, several times a day, and so, yeah, it's it's really now very important for us to really be mindful as we're doing it. Um, you know, we're very, we definitely use it in a sacred way, but there's a piece of it that's very social for us, and it's it is like this mindfulness of okay, we need to bring that back and really like sit with. How it, how we're feeling with it, what we're using, what the intention is for using it, um, and you know, bring that back into our um, daily sort of intention with using Amble. Yeah, it's funny you say that because you know, Amble for me is really a solitary, introspective journey. Mm-hmm. But man, I find myself going, "Hey, you want to do some Amble?" <laughs> so 
it was fun to have someone do amble, and then you're both doing amble going. <laughs> but it is definitely best done by yourself, sitting outside yeah. in yeah. the sun. And quite honestly, if you pay enough attention, you get a ton of feedback uh, physically on how you're feeling, what your body's like, sometimes what you should or need to do. Um, so it's beautiful, but yeah, it's it's a substance that has addictive qualities. So you know, just like anything else, moderation is key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's our substance that have in itself some addictive qualities, as I said. But then everything can be an addiction. Oh yeah, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything and everything can really be an addiction. It, we can make, you know playing tennis an addiction mm-hmm. you know like it literally can be anything it doesn't have to be food and it doesn't have to be a substance like nicotine or caffeine or sugar it can actually just be anything that we do where we're using it to as a distraction from connecting with ourselves i think you're addicted to our dog yeah, she's sitting on my lap right now. <laughs> she, I think she's addicted to me. No. I was going to say that. There's no thinking about that. That's a fact. I was, was going to say that. Who is addicted to who there? <laughs> but, yes, she does provide lots of love for me, and I do, I do enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, so to conclude, I would like to just repeat again, just listen to your body, and again, that's something... We should mm-hmm. repeat ourselves because, like, like Rob said, say what I say, not what I do. But <laughs> we're, we're pretty good in be integrating, walk the walk and talk the talk. Yeah. But sometimes there's always those little pieces that you know you have all these things you want to do or you have to do, and it's like okay, I can push it a little bit. So just again, a good reminder that of your own lessons or of good lessons, a good reminder. And it's uh, again, I'm taking this and I'm by each one of you when you screw up you're not screwing up it's just repeating the lesson yeah okay I got this lesson it's true I forgot sorry sorry yes this is a good lesson that's a, that's a really good point you know um, you're gonna screw up and that's okay but that's feedback that's how you learn you don't ever learn anything doing it right every time mm-hmm well, yeah, and no one's perfect either. So, I mean, our I think our whole existence is made on this earth is to screw up because <laughs> that's how we learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And if we don't screw up, then you can't learn and grow. Um, so, yeah, like it's, it's a good thing that we screw up as often as we do. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes we screw up again about the same thing or pretty much similar because uh, we mm-hmm. need to relearn yeah. that lesson. And that's, again, I think I really enjoyed this this episode today because we have been like, very honest and sometimes yeah. the work we do people put us in a pedestal and mm-hmm. like no we are human as well and we are learning at the same time we walk the walk we are like we are all honest on what we're going through and like yes I know I tell people to listen to your body and I often don't do it because I want to be there so much and create and give that I, I don't listen to my body and then have pain and I, I learned the lesson again mm-hmm. so thank you buddy for teaching me this lesson again exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're welcome I hope the heating pad's helping yes <laughs> Well, if you guys haven't figured it out, we talk until we're done drinking our cacao. And once we're finished, 
have like we're, one more sip. We're, we're, we're done. I'm done. I think Melissa's done I'm too. I'm done. Chug a log, baby. I'm just a little poke. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Love you all very much. I'll you later.